John chapter 2. And I'm going to read four verses, beginning at verse number 19, John chapter 2, and verse number 19. Jesus answered, and he said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days, everybody say three days, I will raise it up. Verse 20, then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years, 46 years was the temple in building. 46 years. We're not doing bad, guys. 46 years they were building the temple. And wilt thou rear it up in three days? Verse 21, but he spake. Of the temple of his body. Everybody say his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. By the help of the Lord tonight, and maybe a little assistance from the crowd, I want to preach for a few minutes tonight, the indestructible body. The indestructible body. Lord, help us tonight. Help me tonight. Anoint me to preach what you have laid upon my heart. Let the word of the Lord come forth tonight, God, with power and anointing and demonstration of your spirit. I pray over every person in this room, every heart, every life, every mind, every individual. Let the word of the Lord impart strength and help and hope in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Now, this has been a traumatic week. Anybody had a traumatic week? This has been a traumatic week. For several years, I have boasted that my boys run around and they break their phones and they need a new one. And I tell them what you need to do is you need to get a good indestructible case. Now, I have to ask you your opinion tonight because your opinion counts. Otterbox or life proof? There you go, Brother Duggar. Flip phone it is. All right, how many OtterBox hands do I have? How many LifeProof hands do I have? Ooh, OtterBox might nudge it out just a little bit. I was thinking LifeProof. I have experience with OtterBox. So I was thinking about maybe going back to it because this week, after a few years, I don't know how long iPhones have been out, but they've been out for a while, and I'd never broken, never, ever broken, 
ever, ever broken an iPhone. I wear them out, trade them in. I was needing to trade up because my phone is so old that people couldn't hear me when I talk and I couldn't hear them when they talk. So there's a problem because phones are used for talking. I know you young people don't know that, but we used to talk on phones. You guys just text and then search the internet, but we actually, and I still do, I'm old fogey, I talk on my phone. But this week, I pulled up to the construction project, I was in a hurry, I jumped out with sore, sore shoulders, and I stepped out of the vehicle and my phone slipped out of my hand, but it was safe because it was in a case. But unfortunately, this little case that I bought, it's junk. <laughs> because now, now I know you in the back can't see and we don't have a camera for you to zoom in, but my iPhone is shattered. Shattered. All because I failed to practice what I have been preaching. Get you an otter box, boy, and you won't need another phone. I ordered my new phone this week. It was a devastating week. $649 worth of devastation. But I talk on that thing. But it does a lot more than talk. I don't know what it does, but it does a lot more. The guy said it'll do a lot more than talk. But I think flip phones are still the way to go. They're a lot cheaper. Everybody say indestructible. The word indestructible is, is kind of a, a word that, it's an industry word that gets used a lot. In, in, in its literal sense, it means that it's everlasting or it is imperishable or it is eternal. That's what really is meant. When we search the scripture and we really see the real depth of the meaning that it's maybe a little different than the way that we, we look at it. You know, it's like lifetime warranties. Well, how long is a lifetime until it breaks? Lifetime warranty, but you take it in, it's broke. Now, I enjoy playing games, and I'm not up on the new video games. If you come talking to me about all the new video games, I'm lost. I don't know. Uh, but in my day, I was quite a video gamer. We had three different options to choose from. And I must say, I was pretty good at Pac-Man. Galagia and Donkey Kong. And these kids down front are going, huh? Now, I know you don't know much about those, but in my day we played Pac-Man, and you may not know this, but Pac-Man was the first to come out with power-ups 
that caused the player to be able to gain a certain number of points in a certain amount of time and all of the critters that's coming after you and trying to get you to destroy you, when you reach that certain, that certain point for a few brief seconds, your, your controller switches gears and all of a sudden you no longer are the victim but you now have become indestructible and nothing can affect you. So then you could go back and the little bubblehead ghost that normally is chasing the controller, now you turn around and start chasing after the little bubblehead himself. Now I know you think this is going nowhere and it's not going anywhere fast. I agree. I agree. But if you timed it just right and you worked your points, you could get double and triple points because you did it at the right moment and it all could come together. Now, let me get to our text today because what Jesus is saying about his physical body here is very, very important because it is prophetic that he is saying that you can destroy my body, but I'm going to tell you before you ever do it that my body is indestructible. He was saying, I have an indestructible body. Now, when I was 25, I thought I was that way too. But I'm quickly learning that's not so. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you can kill me, but I'm indestructible. You can crucify me, but I'm incapable of being overcome. You can bury me in a tomb, but I will never be defeated. Because God was in Christ, He was absolutely unconquerable. Now, then, then Jesus has this conversation with Peter, and, I, and I've been preaching about this a lot here lately, he was having a discussion about his deity. And he says, who do men say that I am? And th there's this question about who is he came into play. And Jesus then says to Peter after Peter answers his question appropriately. Jesus then turns around and he says, and you are Peter. And upon this rock... I will build my church. Now I preached about that last week. I'm going to finish the message this week. 35 minutes last week to get it started. Hour and 35 tonight to finish it. He said, I will build my church. But then there is a phrase following that. And the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against the church. Do I need to remind you that the church is His body? He said in comparison to crucify me, but you're not going to keep me on a cross. Bury me and you won't keep me in a grave. But I'm going to relate this to my body. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. But I've got another word for you, Peter. Because you understand who I am. I will build my church and the gates of hell will never be able to destroy the church. Because it is an indestructible body. Jesus says, I want you to understand something about the church. I purchased it on the cross with my blood. Therefore, you nor anyone else owns the church. I own it. I have a right to it. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to it. I'm going to otter box it. I'm going to life proof it. I'm going to make it where it is absolutely indestructible. My boys are so rough on phones that I found out the other day that they make an indestructible phone. No case needed. Indestructible phone. They can take that phone, they can put it in water. They can take it, throw it down. Guy was in the store the other day talking about it. He said, I don't understand. Somebody came in and paid $700 for a phone, went out and threw it down in the parking lot. He's like, it's an indestructible phone, but I just don't understand why that they would do that. I'm with you, brother. Because indestructible may not mean really indestructible. Because my boys have a way. But I got a good opinion. If you take the indestructible phone and you put it inside an indestructible case, now I move to a new level of indestructible. We may be on to something. We may be in the arena of new invention. The indestructible, indestructible. But the truth is, is that when Jesus speaks words, he didn't speak one thing to try to be a sly sail on the backside. But when he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again, he meant. And when they took him to a cross three days later, he got back up. And he did so to remind the church that even the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. I am building my body so that it is indestructible. The world can't break it down. Bad theology can't break it down. False doctrine can't break it down. There will always be a church. There will always be a church. It is indestructible. Oh, somebody ought to thank the Lord tonight. 
for the indestructible church of the living God. The church is incapable of being overcome. The church will never be defeated. The church is unconquerable. The church is not an incidental part of God's plan. It is the very crown jewel of his purpose for coming to the earth. Jesus didn't invite people on the bandwagon of love and social acceptance. He showed people how to live. He taught them how to live. And he told them to be sure that they're ready at his appearance. He called men to repentance. He called them out of darkness into light. He called them to bold faith. He called them out of the world and into a new kingdom that he preached about. And he called them into the church. The church, ladies and gentlemen, is your refuge in time of storm. I've lived long enough and earned every gray hair in my head. But I'm going to tell you tonight that on the roughest days and the hardest days, I don't want to run away from the church. I want to run to the church. Because in 49 plus years of living, I have learned that there is a refuge in the church. That when life is about to destroy me, if I can get to the church, there's safety in the church. Because the church is indestructible. I may be going through it, but the church is still standing strong. I may be under a load, but the church is going to make it through. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. The best place you can be is to be in the church of the living God. The church will remain through whatever time or whatever man may throw its way. The church will remain because it's an indestructible body. The church is the hope and the anchor of the world, not because she gets it all right all of the time, but because she is the body of Christ, and Christ is the head of the church, and he declared the gates of hell is not going to prevail against my body. Don't give up on the church. When you run into somebody that's about to give up, you need to tell them, don't give up on the church. You can't say, well, give up on the church, but don't give up on God. You can't separate them. <laughs> that's why he created the union of marriage. They too become one. That's why we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. He purchased the church. So when we are in the church, there is a security. We have a hard time explaining this because we think in human re realms of human reasoning, this is a lifetime guarantee. This is a life-proof box. This is an 
otter box. It can't be broken. Oh, I can show you how. But the church, when the Lord speaks a word about his body, and he declares that in three days I will raise my body back up, and when he tells Peter the gates of hell will not prevail against my church body. You see, there is a difference because when Jesus speaks, everybody better listen. Because there's no hidden innuendos. There's no ifs or maybes or route outs. When God speaks, it's kind of like this. If I may tread into this water, this deep water tonight, when prophecies come forth, I don't believe prophecies have to come forth in innuendos that leave people a route out. Because if thus saith the Lord, you can take it to the bank. If God has spoken it, go ahead and take it to the bank. Otherwise, keep your mouth shut if God hadn't spoken. Don't say thus saith the Lord if God didn't really speak. But when God speaks, you can take it to the bank. Ladies and gentlemen, if God has ever given you a word, you can stand on that word. He will never fail. He will never walk away. He will never go against his word. If he said it, he is able to perform it. If he spoke it to you, he will perform it. Whatever you commit to him, he will keep it against that day. I come tonight to remind you that the word of God is indestructible. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Don't ever bet against the church. For all you gambling, lottery playing, sneaking around, Saying, oh, I'm just, you better get in the word of God, you word folks. Don't bet against the church. (laughs) You're going to lose when you bet against the church. Because you're betting against the bride of Christ. (laughs) You got heaven and earth backing it up. I, I, I don't know about you, but... I, I don't really, I, I don't want to ever get crossways with God related to his church. I plan on being right if whatever he said. Just let me say yes to him. Because this is his church. And it's destined to live in dying times. When the world is falling and failing, the church always seems to rise to the occasion. What does it mean that what all the things that's going on in society when trouble is arising and we're bombing people and nations are rising against nations? Get ready, the church is about to rise. (laughs) I've never seen trouble come that the church didn't always elevate to a new level of existence. The trouble times doesn't rock the church. It may cause some people to question, but give them a little time because they'll see that the church of God 
God will live and die in times. It's destined to victory in times of defeat. The church is destined for joy in times of destruction. It's destined to reign in times of ruin. It's destined to heaven in times of hell. Don't bet against the church. If so, you're going to lose. The church, ladies and gentlemen, is indestructible. You don't need to walk the fringes of the church. I bid you tonight, if you're here and you're not smack dab in the center of the church, you need to get in the middle of the church. Get in the middle of everything she's doing. Get in the middle of everything God is doing in the church. Because the church is the old ship of Zion. I want to stay on board. I want to stay with this ship. The church of God is indestructible. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you you can't make it without the church. I had someone come to me one time, gave me a list of long list of things that they were gonna be doing over the next six months. I kid you not, they stood in my basement and I came upstairs after a long conversation. And I told my wife, I said, they're losing out with God, and they will never be back. She said, surely not. They came, started telling me a long list of things that they had to do. All the reasons why that they wouldn't be faithful to church for the next six months. And when all these things are over, they said, Pastor, we'll be back, and everything's going to be good. That was many years ago. And today, they're a long, long ways away from God. And their kids are a long, long ways away from God. Because I'm going to tell you, you cannot make it without the church. I don't want to raise my family without the church. I I don't want to try to make it on my own without the church. Oh, I know somebody said you may miss a service here or there and be able to slide by, but my Bible still says forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. If you can be in the church, you ought to be at the church. Can I preach what I'm feeling tonight? I know it's Easter Sunday night, but I'm going to go a little further with it. You need to be faithful to the house of God. This is the place of worship. You need to be faithful to the house of God. You ought to be faithful to everything that's going on in the house of God. You need to be faithful to it because He's faithful to us. I believe, for these folks that don't believe in organized religion, they don't believe in much anything. But I believe that the church is an absolute necessity in every person's life. You've got to have a church. I'm going to stay off the whole pastor thing, but you do have to have a pastor. Because the Bible says that that the pastor is going to give an account for your soul. Make it easy on me if you would. I love you. I don't want to have to tell the truth about some folks. But when I stand before God, I'm going to have to tell the truth. Make it easy on me, would you? Is that too much? The church is a necessity in every person's life. Men and women have come and they have gone from it. Yet the church has survived for centuries. We get it all wrong. We think 
that in order for the church to exist, that we have to be part of it because we're God's gift to the church. But we got it wrong. Because the church is God's gift to mankind. Because the church is your route out of here. The church is going to stand, ladies and gentlemen. This generation didn't build it. God designed it and then he declared that he would build it. We may be part of it, but we don't own it. This church is his bride. She belongs to him and she is a glorious church because he said, I will glorify my church. I came tonight to remind you, I'm not going to tarry much longer, but I come tonight to tell you that I don't know when I have ever been more proud to be part of the church. I don't know when I've ever been more proud to be part of this church. Anybody here tonight that's looking for affirmation, come by. I'm going to give it to you tonight. I told my wife, we're driving down the road today. Today was my day of affirmation, silent affirmation. I'm driving down the road. I'm telling my wife, I'm so proud of this one. Is that what I said? I'm so proud of that one. I'm calling people's names. I'm so proud. I know you're not perfect, neither am I. Thank you for looking over that. Let me be your pastor. I'm driving down the road. Thank you, Sister Mary. The rest of the folks know it too. I'm driving down the road, and I'm talking about how proud I am. I don't know if you've paid attention, but you ought to just stop by and look in the classrooms. The last couple of weeks, the teachers and children's ministry staff and all the student ministry, they've been here working and they've been redecorating and getting ready for the class shift. And and I saw Facebook posts today of all the excitement. The kids come out, they were wound tight and it was probably some sugar involved in it. But they're having a good time. Somebody said to me today in Lebanon, one great thing. These kids are learning about Jesus. Oh, I got to tell you. I'm going to tell you the kind of work that's going on in Lebanon. There was one of the children. These girls can, 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 can affirm what I'm saying tonight. They had the children there. And they, they were... They were doing some coloring or some kind of something. They had a sketch there and they said, looked and they said, Do you know who this is in this picture? And the child said, No. And they said, This is Jesus. And the child looked at them with a blank stare and said, I don't know Jesus. I've never heard of Jesus. I know who Santa Claus is, but I've never heard of Jesus. What a sad world. But I come tonight to tell you. That somebody today said, oh, what beautiful things are happening right here. These children are learning who Jesus is. We may, we, we may not be baptizing dozens yet, but it's going to happen. We not, may not be tearing the walls down yet, but it's going to happen. Because Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. You go on out in the harvest field and do what you're doing. I'll take care of building my church. And don't worry about trouble coming. Don't worry about hotels kicking us out, not giving us a place. I'll give you a place twice the size. That's what he can do.
I'm so proud. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Just look at this youth group. These young adults. I've never been so proud in all my life. Wow. Never been so proud. Over a hundred students. Over a hundred students. Brother Brandon, you have a church bigger than most churches. The average church in America is 80. You have over a hundred. Think about that. Don't be intimidated when somebody says, what are you doing? I'm youth pastor. No, you're not pastoring. Don't be intimidated. You're doing more than most. I'm so proud of this group. They're soul winning. I don't even know how many hours we calculated this week. Door knocking. Over a thousand personal contacts. Over one thousand personal Right at one thousand personal contacts made this week. They're sacrificing. They could be doing all sorts of other things. Can I go a step further? I don't want to embarrass anybody in the room. Last week we took financial commitments for possessing our promise for the next eight months. Listen to me. This ought to make you want to do a lap. Four of our top financial commitments were from our young adults. Four of our top commitments. Four. I come tonight to let you know the future of the church is in pretty good hands. He said, I'm going to build it. And I'm also going to make sure you know it's indestructible. You can do what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you, I want to stay in the church. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I'm just going to wander along here tonight. I consider our families. I, I drove up here. They're on the roof, nailing roofs down. They're working at the campus, getting drywall done, cleaning up. Lawns getting mowed. People are working. Literally, everywhere I go, there's people working. I don't even know. We must have had 60, 70 people employed this weekend. Like, I, I didn't even know. I drive up somewhere, and I'm like, oh, oh. These people are, what are they doing? What's, what's all the cars? Oh, they're They're working. They're volunteering. They're giving of their time. I was around here. I saw, I saw, saw a group, a family walking. I'm like, what? What are they? I had a bunch of flyers. They said, we're going. We're just going around all the houses here around the neighborhood. We, we didn't ask them to. Are you hearing me? The church is indestructible. Well, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. He's going to have a church. Well, I'm not going to act foolish and I'm not, I'm not going to. Don't worry. Sit silently in prayer. He'll raise up some brand new stones that'll be bold in their faith, that'll worship with all of their heart, that'll praise with everything they have. There's going to be a church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it because he's building it indestructible.
I tell you, this music team, they've been working. I know I already said something about it. I looked up here, about 30 of them on the platform tonight, and we have several out. I don't even know how many hours. Sister Cheryl worked their fingers to the bone. We're blessed. Yes, we are. We're blessed with some of the best. Yes, we are. By the way, can I give a shout out to the Harmonic Prophets? Right. You know who they are. Some of you are looking at me like, huh, that was like a little tongue in cheek. That, that was just, where's my Harmonic Prophets here? By the way, by the way. These guys are going to be playing in front of 31,000 people at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yes, they are. Sit down. Don't get the big head. Hey, let me tell you young people something. It's all right for you to look up to these guys. Because they're living holy, separated from the world godly bold in their faith they're out to go get somebody tonight off the street and come baptize them in Jesus name it just happened this last week during choir practice they came back and baptized one in Jesus name I'm telling you there is a remnant that is coming up bold in their faith stronger than my generation has ever been because God said I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail it's going to be indestructible in the last days because perilous times is going to come men are going to do all sorts of crazy things but the church will remain indestructible This may not be the greatest church in the world. But it's the greatest church in my world. And you can tweet that if you want to. I'll say it again for you naysayers. This may not be the greatest church in the world. But it's the greatest church in my world. And it's the church that's going to help me get out of this world. There's a lot of things wrong with the church. I understand, Mr. Negative. But on the other hand, there's a multitude of things that are absolutely right with the church and you may not be part of it. This is the church of the living God. We need the church. There's far more right with the church than there is wrong. Whether you know it or not, the church is the most valuable asset that you have. So far, if something happens to me today, well, other than maybe a little bit of insurance money, my wife and kids aren't going to have a whole lot because I'm not leaving them a whole lot. But if I can leave them a legacy of the church. Mm. Because that money's going to perish. But the church is not going to perish because it's indestructible. (laughs) 
Your money can perish with you, but the church is indestructible. Only what's done for Christ is going to last. That's why you need to put your energies and your efforts and bring your family and get them in the middle of the church because it's indestructible. The stock market crashes, you lose it all. Other things happen, you lose it all. But the church, you need to invest in the church because the church is going, it is bound for glory. The church will survive because it's indestructible. I'm closing. If you're not in the church, you need to get in the church. If I had some doors up here tonight, I'd swing them open because that's what I'm doing. I'm swinging the church doors open. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be perfect to be part of the church. You don't have to get perfect to be part of the church. You come on in the church like you are, God's going to make you perfect. Don't worry about it. And when you get perfect, he'll call you on to glory. But between now and then, come on and join the chorus with all the rest of us imperfect folks that are struggling along trying to do our best to live for God and serve him, dependent on his grace and mercy, but serving him with a pure heart with all that we have within us. If you're not in the church, you need to get in the church. These are perilous times. These are troubled times. But this old ship of Zion, she's weathered many a storm. She's been tossed to and fro from time to time. But she's carried men over the old Jordan across to the other side. She's come through the storm and she's come through the night. She's weathered the hurricane. She's weathered the storms. She's weathered the trying times. But I come tonight to tell you that one of these days she's going to take us on home to glory. I want to get in the church. I want to stay in the church. I want to be part of the church because the church is the indestructible body of Christ somebody lift your hands lift your voice and give God praise the church is God's method to reach the lost world this is how God reaches men this is how God calls us and he calls us to repentance. Head are bowed, eyes are closed, hands are raised all over the building tonight. God is calling men and women, boys and girls. He's calling us tonight. If your life is filled with turmoil, shattered dreams, know this, on this Easter Sunday night, Jesus prophesied himself that he would get up in three days. I said it this morning and I'll echo it again tonight. Maybe your trying times have been lasting and you didn't overcome on day one or two. But it's Easter Sunday night. It's resurrection time. You can get up from the mess you've been living in. Come on and get in the church. Get into the indestructible body. This is your place to weather the storms of life. This is your place to be in trying times. This is your safety. This is where God will provide everything you need because all you need, God will provide within the four walls of the church. Whatever you need. Thank you. There's people responding tonight. Would you like to join them here in the front? Would you like to join them here in the front? Yes, Lord. Come on, come on, come on. This is beautiful. Let's respond to the call of God. Respond to the call of God. Respond to the call of God.
Yes. Yes. more committed than I've ever been. I want to be more committed than I've ever been. 